Hi everybody, I'm Brian Holm. And I'm Denver Ekman. We want to welcome you to what we hope may be the first of many podcasts we're calling Good Fight. We'll explain further as this episode progresses, but we want to assure you it's not like we're spoiling for a good fight or anything like that. But like Patrick Henry said in his famous give me liberty or give me death speech, gentlemen may cry peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. What we really desire to do is what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. However, common sense, history, and the Bible all affirm that while there's a time for peace, there's also a time for, and I'll paraphrase here, a good fight. We don't know exactly what God's up to in all of this. We do know that he is good, he's in control, and he's perfectly on time. Our job is to try to be faithful, to do the next right thing. Or as John Quincy Adams put it, the duty is ours, the results are God's. Wonderfully stated, Brian. You know, bringing up Patrick Henry and his give me liberty or give me death speech, how many people in our country would truly subscribe to that today? It's just something to think about. And you're right, we are in a war. Whether you like it or not, we are in a war. And understand this, the war is not over people, not the common man, nor the people in our government. It's about ideas. We have to identify the bad ideas, reject them, and offer better solutions. Simply put, the way we achieve this is not by being quiet, which I believe is part of our problem. We can't be complacent and hide during times of difficulty, or any time for that matter. This is America. We the people have the power, and when realized, we can achieve our great potential. And that's what this podcast is utilizing, our First Amendment right to start conversations and invoke thought. As we get ready to move into our next segment, we should also let you know who it is we're trying to talk to. As Denver and I discussed this, we both agreed that our main audience at this point is conservative Christians of all ages, races, and backgrounds who are concerned about the same things we are and perhaps are wondering exactly what to do about it. Of course, we want anyone and everyone to listen and grapple with us as to how to hammer out the way forward for the church, the country, and for the world. At the end of the segment, we'll give you an email address where you can give feedback regarding what you're hearing and perhaps offer a suggestion or two for us as we move forward. Welcome back to the pilot episode of the Good Fight podcast. In this segment, we'll each tell you a little bit about ourselves and what led us to venture out into this podcast experiment. Well, um, I'm 19, and through the past few years specifically, um, I've enjoyed seeing what seems to be God calling me into the world of politics. For one, he forged a way for Brian and I to meet, and I can tell you that it truly has had a great impact on me and has inspired me to uh, even more to pursue what I believe to be my calling. Gosh, uh, I'd, I think I'd have to go back to the 2012 presidential election to find where I first became interested in politics. Of course, I didn't have a clue about anything and just sort of asked my parents questions and believed that to be what is right. After that, though, uh, I became interested in doing research and forming my own opinions. 
My opinions are generated first by my faith. I was lucky enough to grow up with parents who are believers and encouraged me in my walk with God. So that's where a lot of my opinions can be traced back to and originally formed from. As a student of history, you can easily see what I see as a walk away from foundational American values. That's what really inspires me to jump into government and save it. It's happened slowly, but recently I've noticed it to be exponential. And folks, time is of the essence. If we don't speak out and act now, I don't know what the America you and I know to love will look like. And it's with all of this combined that inspired me to start this podcast. Use my voice and reach as many people as possible to inspire, inform, and encourage them through this difficult point in our history. That's really great to hear, Denver. Uh, Well, I'm uh, 60-something and uh, (laughs) retired for two years now. So I'm supposed to be kicking back, enjoying my life, driving my trailer around the country, playing golf, fishing, spending my children's inheritance, (laughs) stuff like that. I've got plenty to do, and I'm certainly doing some of the things that I just mentioned. However, the theme of this podcast indicates that we don't always get to choose when and where we're called to fight. Now try not to get hung up on that word fight. We could just as well use contend or persuade or dialogue to try to find the best solution to a complex problem. But as a Christian believer seeking to live out my faith as the Bible encourages, and as an American citizen seeking to freely exercise my faith as our First Amendment allows, I see a real battle at hand for the heart and soul of America. I'm not worshiping America. I'm worshiping the God who, according to my observation, has ordained and set up America to help serve his purposes in the world and in his sovereign big plan for time and eternity, warts and all. I marvel at how God has used me in part through the ways he's gifted me, but more and more through and in spite of the flaws I continue to see revealed and more, uh, uh, more profoundly appreciate in my life every day. Same with America. No one's saying it's perfect. I certainly don't want to gloss over the grievous faults past and present. I believe that some are called to the difficult task of bringing these things to our attention and keeping them there. However, I think we should all look and judge the country in the same way we would like people to look at and to judge us. As a teacher, I know it's a very poor approach to constantly deride and belittle a student without also affirming their gifts and suggesting positive solutions to their flaws. 80% praise, 20% correction is the guideline I've always appreciated and encouraged others to use. And I think we'd all do well to follow it, even when looking at solutions to our country's problems. I've been frustrated for a long time about what to do about all this. I sense the fire in my belly to do something and say something, but we all know that there are so many voices, opinions, and perspectives out there. I don't want to be an old get-off-my-lawn kind of Christian. In biblical terms, I want to be a new wineskin Christian, communicating and packaging biblical and historical truth in as positive, productive, winsome, flexible way possible. As an introverted person who wants to be liked and please people, one of my hesitations has been the reality that speaking out like this is going to alienate me from some people. I'll likely lose some friendships, alienate some family members, and estrange some of my Christian brothers and sisters in this process. Any of you in those categories who are listening, I don't want to do this. I want to talk. I want to dialogue. I want to try to identify the real issues that are tending to divide us and seek a unified way forward, especially for the body of Christ. 
My opinion is that we as Christ followers should be unified on many, many more things than we currently are. Sadly, though, many of the issues and ideas that are more and more at the national forefront are mutually exclusive. They can't both be true. One or the other must prevail and the other rejected. Not rejecting the people, mind you, but the ideas. All that to say, this podcast is a way to try to present and process these ideas, mostly for people who are tending to resonate with what we say, but also for some who are troubled by what we're saying, but they're not entirely satisfied with what they're seeing from their perspective out there either. You know, I relate to you on a lot of that, and my guess is we aren't alone in these feelings. I admire your desire to speak out, and it's really not an easy thing to do, especially with cancel culture. And hey, maybe we'll get canceled. Well, you never know. (laughs) Now, each of us is going to take some time to briefly explain a little bit more who we are. As you'll discover as the weeks unfold, I'll likely not miss any opportunity to remind Brian of his aged, nearly over-the-hill station in life. So I'll defer to him and let him go first, before he forgets what he's going to say. Well, thank you, Denver, I think. (laughs) Uh, Well, like uh, Reagan said to Mondale, I'll try not to penalize you unduly for your youth and inexperience. Thank you. So before I forget, here's my story. I was blessed to be born into a family where my parents loved me and my younger brother, loved each other, and stuck together until the very end. We were regular churchgoers, and it was there I had my first musical involvement. I accepted Christ's forgiveness of my sins and accepted him as my savior sometime around age seven at a church function. I never strayed far from the church, though I drifted some in high school. A youth pastor of mine encouraged me to really start reading and studying the Bible. Through this, and with the Holy Spirit's help, I really started growing in Him, and I've sought to keep up that discipline of daily study and prayer to this day. As I said, music is a very important uh, part of my life, and in, in addition to the church involvement, it was my enjoyment and success in high school choir that encouraged me to become a music major. My career path is a long story, but because of my love for music and my love for Christ, I aspired to be a church music minister or worship pastor. I got my bachelor's degree in church music. After failing to find full-time work in that field, I prepared for possible college teaching, so I obtained a master's degree in choral conducting. Another dead end. (laughs) Then I thought perhaps the Lord would have me be a marriage and family therapist, so I got a master's degree in clinical psychology. (laughs) As that was finishing, suffering from underemployment and the need to provide for my wife and two kids, I accepted a music teaching position at Shamala Middle School in Riverside. Of course, this was the one thing I didn't really want to do and thought I'd be terrible at doing. Well, God had other plans. He used this job to provide wonderfully for me and my family, and I pray I've had a positive influence in many of the students who came and went from my classroom there and at King High School over the next 28 years. As I look at myself and my background, I have to acknowledge that I'm by nature a pretty conservative, traditional thinking person. I'm not ashamed of this, and I feel that because of it, I have a lot to contribute to a number of things, especially as concerns the situation we find ourselves in nationally and in the church. At the same time, though, there's a flip side to every coin, and I realize that I and people who tend to think like I do have to be careful so as not to clamp down so tightly in favor of tradition and the way things have always been that we aren't open to new ideas and positive changes that are necessary if things are going to remain fresh and meaningful 
and not allowed to get old and stagnant. The rub in all of this is the question of what are the essentials that don't change and shouldn't change over time through which we need to evaluate proposed changes. A lot of what we think we're fighting over on the surface today masks the real battle that's taking place under the surface for the heart and soul of our country. It's these foundational things, biblically and constitutionally, that need to be unearthed, identified, affirmed, and allowed to inform our decisions going forward. I sure hope, Denver, that at least for much of our target audience, we can become aware of and genuinely affirm what these foundational things are and use them to inform us going forward. There's nothing more important than the upbringing and development of a child. They are our future. I've been so lucky to have a great childhood, one in which I was never told a limit to what I wanted to do or what I could achieve, which is maybe why my goal is to be president someday. I don't know. Um, so I, I think a word to sum up my childhood or whatever you want to call it up to this point in my life is involvement. Wherever I was, whatever I was doing, I wanted to be involved and make an impact. In elementary school, I was in Cub Scouts and was lucky enough to be a patrol leader. I really enjoyed that time. A um, couple years later, I ran for ASB president in sixth grade, and I lost by one vote. We don't really need to talk about that, though. Um, I was in band in middle school, flag football, which I was captain for 10 out of the 11 seasons that I played, and I uh, joined the PTA. And next thing I knew, I was the California State PTA student board member representing students across the state of California. And actually, I'd like to briefly talk about the PTA and how it uh, impacted me. The PTA is all about the student and the child and what's best for them. I was opened up to the vast inequalities and just how lucky I was as a student and child. It is my hope and my mission to see all students and children have the opportunities that I was so lucky to have. And now I save the best for last. My junior year of high school, I joined choir. Some guy, Brian something or other, was the director, I don't know. Uh, within one year, I was a section leader, president of the Chamber Singers, and student director of the program. And I'm, I was really proud of the time there, and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, my next adventure leads me to Southern Utah University this fall to start my sophomore year, where I'll major in political science. I'm excited to see where God, how God will use me there, and I'm more than willing to follow his direction. So yeah, I like to be involved, especially in places that I truly, truly care about. And I can tell you that I care about America. She is worth preserving because there is, is and never will be anything like this American experiment again. Like we talked of earlier, we are at war, and I refuse to sit on the sidelines and watch. So I'm going to get involved, and by the grace of God, I'll achieve what needs to be done. Well, Denver, uh, thank you very much for those kind words about me. Uh, I can also say that from my observation, uh, you are a natural-born leader, and people are, tend to follow you. And I think that's a wonderful sign of God's uh, affirmation of this direction in your life. And we're also really glad you said at the beginning of your segment about the importance of pouring into children. Uh, being able to work with you at King was an extreme blessing and encouragement to me. And it's also a privilege to walk alongside you as you prepare for life of public service. 
it's my prayer that you won't be a mere politician who worries just about the next election, mm. but that you'll be a true state, statesman with the next generation as your focus. Well, thank you, Brian. I really appreciate those words. Well, Denver, we should wrap this up. Yep. I know you have reservations down at Chuck E. Cheese, and uh, <laughs> I need to get over to the early bird special at Sizzler. <laughs> but uh, before we go, uh, we're hoping to close each episode with a meaningful verse or quote. So here's the one for this week. And what better way than to remind ourselves of our theme verse? Here's 1 Timothy 6, 11, and 12. Paul is talking to Timothy, but applying it to all of us. Here's what we say. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Lots of action verbs there, Denver. May all of our actions be in the power of the Spirit to the ultimate end of God's glory. Mm. Amen to that. Well, uh, let's talk about our next episode. In only about a month and a half, California has a big decision to make, and even sooner if you include mail-in voting. The recall of dictator, I mean, governor, excuse me, Gavin Newsom. In the next episode, we'll discuss it all, and you definitely don't want to miss it. Also, we would love to hear from you and what you thought of this first podcast and how we could improve going forward. You can send us an email using our Gmail, which is goodfight seventy one at gmail.com. Again, that is goodfight71 at gmail.com. Well, I guess that about does it, doesn't it? Yep. Thank you all for listening, and we hope to have you listening again next time. Keep up the good fight, and God bless. <laughs>